Welcome to this edition of the Hive Live podcast as we take an introspective look at influencing entrepreneurs, a video and teaching series by our friend and colleague, Cass Ward. On this episode, we're going to talk Spiracle Media, a company that we know extremely well. I'm Jared Latch alongside my business partner, Tim Baer and Cass Ward, as we dive into episode 110 of Influencing Entrepreneurs. A couple topics that we want to hit during this episode include the entrepreneurial inspiration, little side hustle, pivotal or pivoting the business into a new direction or focus, and building partnerships. So all those are either tenets of what we do now or things we had to consider and work through in the past. So we're going to let Cass guide most of this one. He, he acts as our CFO and has done a great job over the last several years of, of helping us to tackle some growth challenges and also excel in that area. So when we look at entrepreneurial inspiration, I'll let you take it from there. So, so let's talk about it because this is where it all comes down to uh, the brawl, the brawl in the hive. Um, knowing you guys for as long as I did, I, I first met Jared back when I was starting up a medical device company and, and Spiracle may not have even been just maybe an idea rather than a business at that point. And we, we started talking and now that we've worked on the, for the last four or five years growing Spiracle and, and you know, you're in your, your eighth year, I, I find it very retrospective to look back at those early days. <laughs> so first off, one thing I've ignored for all these years is you made your career and made it to sports journalism, sports anchor on network TV. And you even say in the interview, well, it looks good on paper, <laughs> but right. still being able to do nothing but keep up with your hobby, to be quite honest, you, you already had made a career out of your hobby and you've decided to leave that to start a business. What triggers that rather more than living the dream? Beers on the porch, right, Tim? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think, and we say, you know, it looks good on paper because it does look good on paper. It's, it's uh, when you live it, it's, um, it's all consuming in a way, sort of like entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's tough schedules. It's, um, you know, not feeling like you are respected or part of something bigger than yourself. You're, you're, you're doing something that sounds fun and it is fun and it's really cool. Um, I think what just really happened for us is that, and this is the term I always use is I checked all the boxes. You know, I went to the masters, I went to the final four, I went to super bowls. I went to all these awesome experiences um, and I got to the end of it and I'm like, this is really cool to be able to look back on. And I've, I've had such great experiences meeting such unbelievable, you know, sports stars, all these kind of things. But at the end of the day, I'm now approaching my thirties. I'm going to want to have a family someday and I don't want to leave Charlotte. And so those three factors really came into clarity at that point. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do to be able to stick in Charlotte start a family and not work nights and weekends. That was the same exact thing for me. I think that's what's made it pretty neat because we come from the same exact background. Uh, we were checking the boxes, got to go to Super Bowls, Masters as well, NCAA tournaments. And it wasn't the job that was that bad. You know, we got to do some really 
amazing stuff. I mean, being on TV, I, I looked at it as a, a really cool thing. You got to go out and you get to cover these events. You get to formulate stories. But what it did was, I think, leave us wanting more because both of us are not status quo individuals. Uh, we're driven people who are going to look to push something forward to a greater degree. We're not going to settle in one place for so long and just say, okay, this is good enough. I'm going to do this for the next 25 years, and I'm going to give away my holidays and my nights and my weekends. Yes, I get to do this sports anchor reporter thing, which, again, was, was a great opportunity. But how can we use the skill sets? How can we evolve as people, and how can we push the limit? And, and for me, that's, we, we got to that spot in Tim and I's conversations of saying, okay, let's look at what we've done uh, how have we related to individuals? And for us, it was professional athletes. And, and that served as a motivation or the, the core idea of what we wanted to take, helping them leverage their social media platforms from where it took off. And, and that's how we got started. But I, I go back to not want to settle for the status quo in our lives, but always looking to better it. And we just ended up connecting a business opportunity to that idea. So in three words... You both wanted more. Give me the three words that were more. You first, Tim. Man, three words. That's tough. Um, three words. Uh, balance, control, and creativity. I'd go with building, growth, and, and value. So the reason I wanted, and, and I was praying you didn't say this, but neither of you <laughs> said money. Because right. a lot of people think, I'm going to leave this to make more money. Um, oddly enough, um, and I'm, I, I know you both know this, uh, balance is probably the most difficult thing to get out of starting your Well, also, Cass, it doesn't take much to make more money than in local TV. <laughs> so if, if we even made five or six thousand dollars more, yeah. right, we were going to feel pretty good. But yeah, you're right. But, though. That, but that's also that plays into, you know, we've talked in previous episodes and we talked about uh, David Campbell at Boxman and that he got to the point where there was no risk. It was eliminated because of the 2007, 2008. Well, in our case, you know, in a lot of ways, risk was eliminated because one, we were underpaid two, we were overworked. And so to get balance and to get a higher salary wasn't hard to do. And so in that way, our bar was set lower so we could be hungry. And we were starting the business on the back end of the recession. I mean, 2011 was not a great time. But for us to be able to start a business at that point, it made us feel like, okay, well, times are good. We're going to really kick butt. And I was coming off a defining moment that yeah. I share in some different you know, arenas but in 2009, I had lost my job at WSOC-TV, and I, and I knew about eight to nine months prior to Robin Whitmire, the news director, who I'll forever appreciate her honesty, and bringing me in and saying, from a corporate level, they're going to cut the number three spot, which was I was a sports anchor, reporter, shooter, producer, was doing it all, and she gave me a heads up. They wanted to offer me a job in Dayton, Ohio, at the number one station there to, to hopefully, within the next couple of years, succeed the main anchor who was going to leave, but I didn't want to go to Dayton, Ohio, nothing against Dayton, but I had moved South for a reason. I love Charlotte, like Tim talked about. So in, in June of 2009, I lost my job. So 
you go through a couple months of a grieving process. You, you're confused. It's it's Jared nothing that you've done. Guitar during that. Grieving I did process. learn how to play the guitar. Pretty good. And that he was channeled his grieving. I did, and I also worked at the golf course for a while, picking up range balls. But then that was good for us on Mondays, free <laughs> golf. So all of there were other positives were as yeah. I was going through some pain, but. It also motivated me as well. You know, after that, that couple months, you're ready to go. I mean, when you have that spark and you want to find the next opportunity, you don't sit around for long. But that was a defining moment right. for me anytime, you know, job loss. That, that's, that's a big thing. So, so moving on from that, where, where you've had the trigger, you have the passion for it. But I want to talk about, because I don't think we enjoy, we can enjoy the humor in the very beginning where this was somewhat like a side hustle like it wasn't a we're all in i'm putting you put zero money in at the beginning right just let's see if we can make some money on this i want to talk about at the beginning when again this came across more as a side hustle when when we hired you with a medical device company to do some video for us and your sales pitch was like, I can do that, but I've got to wait for this day so I can borrow equipment from these people. <laughs> and ultimately, the editing suite, when you pulled up to our office and bring this huge 50-some-inch Mac into there, wrapped under your arm. <laughs> we did that on a few different occasions. Yeah, a couple of presentations. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Not very portable. But, but talk about that early on because economically and to start your business that was the wisest thing you could do we giggle about it now but there is also if any of your the people that worked with spiracle now did that today what would your reaction be well i mean most of our work was done in the digital space and we were fortunate that we had people that provided us the opportunity to borrow equipment uh, Tommy Spencer, rest in peace, used to be a yeah. Time Warner, and he was a big proponent of us, a good friend. And he, anytime we needed it, he would uh, he'd say, "Okay, I can get you some lights." And we had it. We had a basic camera set up, and we were able to call on people to give us the accessories we needed to get the job done. Uh, but we were able to start lean. I mean, we didn't have the capital, nor were we thinking at that point of investment. We were just thinking of doing and and moving the ball forward. Yeah, you know, actually, I recently had a conversation with a couple guys out in Austin, Texas. I was down there for South by Southwest, and uh, they are all sports anchors, uh, reporters that are looking to get out of the business and start a company. Um, something similar to Spiracle, but not quite. They want to still cover sports. They want to do high school sports in Texas, which is huge, um, and try and find a way to bring those live highlights and that polished look to a high school sport and, and make it a subscription. Um, very interesting having the conversation from where I am now to who I was then when I started, um, because I'm thinking about all the different moves that they need to make in order to be in place. Whereas at the time, we just put our head down and sort of did it and made it, made it come together. Um, and now looking back on it, I think we made strategic decisions the right way but some of that was just luck. It wasn't like we were, you know, plotting it all out. I think, you know, I keep bringing up old episodes, but um, when you were talking to Lewis, he's talking about, you know, amateurized risk and all these things. And, and you're like, but you were in college. Did you really know that term? And he's like, no, I know it now, but I didn't know it then, but I was doing it just by nature. 
And so those kind of things happened, I think, in the beginning for us in that naturally we just were scrappy. Um, and that's another thing that's a benefit from coming from sports and TV. You know, everything goes wrong in sports and TV when you're in the field. Equipment breaks. Uh, the tape doesn't roll. Um, the live shot doesn't go off. And you've got to be able to adapt real quick and, and on the fly and come up with an answer. And that's what we were doing with the business at the time. And personally, we were also diversifying our risk because Tim was still working full time in television. Also, our, our third partner at the time, Bill Voth, was still in television. And I was straddling about four or five different things. So I was playing in different areas, knowing that I had income coming in. That spherical check was the least of that grouping, but I was able to teach classes. I was able to do voiceover work. I was broadcasting high school football. I was anchoring at WCNC, who picked me up for a couple different years. Uh, so we knew that the risk, we were sort of spreading it around to, to test it out, which I think a lot of people don't have that same opportunity. But because of our connectedness within the Charlotte community, we were able to sit there and test this thing out slowly. Well, and I want to come back to the partnership between, between the two of you and your, your early partner, Bill. Um, but even in talking in about in, in talking about the early days, uh, I don't want to rehash the episode. I ask people to go back and look at it. The cake story is excellent. You, I, I've heard it a million <laughs> It'll times. It'll live on forever. That's a good one. <laughs> and it, it is textbook entrepreneurial failure and lessons learned. Let's dump into the video for a moment and, and take a listen to the cake story. One of our bigger partners that we had been with since the beginning of Spiracle or early on in Spiracle's time. Um, it was the client's birthday. And so we go and get a birthday cake and we're like, Dave, you gotta come meet this partner. They're one of our biggest partners. They're really supportive, they've been great. And we've really grown with them and helped them build uh, their social media side. And so we go into the meeting uh, with the cake, you know, the whole happy birthday and everything like that. We sit down and, uh, and the partner that we get the cake for, he's like, well, this is sort of awkward because we've decided to go in a different direction. And, right away too and I just I could never forget that because I remember looking at Dave like oh crap what did I do like because he knew they were our biggest client probably at the time and uh, and for them to say they were gonna go in a different direction they were gonna use an old vendor that they had used before out of Florida it was pretty pretty interesting but I think we handled it really well went through the meeting got through the end of that that piece of it and then we went down and, and had lunch and sort of in a way, we celebrated. I, I was very big on the fact that we're not gonna let this knock us down. Let's, let's think of all the good things we have going on and let's go forward. And that moment in time literally positioned us as moving away from social media and digital side and pushing us to solely video. Let's talk about pivoting. Um, early on, you worked with, I'd love to have Jeremy Snook in on this meeting because I think if we talked about your pivot, me and him might fight before we fight about whose idea it was. Right. Because Jeremy would say it was his idea, I would say it was mine, and each of you would say it was yours. <laughs> and let's talk about the pivot because I remember you you came to pitch us for social media, and I, I feel it's a lot safer for me to say now is like, I don't need somebody to post to Facebook for me. I don't need to do the Twitter. And I didn't even use Twitter at the time, but you did the video. You didn't call it Twitter or right. something else. We had a few of those, <laughs> but you, you did such a great job at creating video content for us that when is your aha moment? 
this is your chance to take the credit away from me and Jeremy. <laughs> it was really a forced aha moment in a way, or just a redirection. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you're right, though. Those conversations, when we started them, we used video as the hook. Uh, it was the, but wait, there's more. You know, we're, we're going to do your social media. We're going to be your community managers. We're going to find ways for you to get, you know, this engagement through this new place that you didn't know existed and you didn't know how to use and we're gonna do video and it was like that cake thing that we threw on now not the same cake story that Cass is referring to but I think those conversations started to happen where video became more and more important I think it became more ubiquitous but I think we were forced into it in a way I think Bill had started to uh, still have that itch to have the sports side to him and covering sports and he started thinking about the website Black and Blue Review, which he eventually started and was very successful with. Um, and at the same time, we lost that customer, that the cake story that you refer to. Um, and that really sort of was like, okay, everything is crystallizing for us. Um, so we sort of stepped off the ledge because of a number of different factors that came together. And again, I think it was one of those things that we got sort of lucky. And I think with the social media and now the video, it's sort of that next next phase. You know, video is the next big thing. It's interesting to me, and, and we told stories our entire professional life when people say storytelling is important. I'm like, yes, it is. We've been we've been doing that for almost twenty years. I think from the almost the advent of humanity, people have been telling stories. That is the key. Now the vehicle and the platforms had changed a bit. And first, to tell your story, you were utilizing social media. You were controlling your own message. We used to tell the athletes, become your own media outlet. That was you know, our buzz or our, our tag that we used with that first service. But as we looked at the environment changing around us, that, that made the pivot for us. And we saw a good opportunity. And we knew that our skill sets supported it. We knew how to execute it. We knew what went into shooting video and assembling pieces. But then we were able to take the next big step for us, which was hiring David Kernodal, who had a cinematic background in terms of shooting weddings and came from the news business as a reporter. And that really molded, or, or he was in the mold of how we would move forward with that storyteller who had the journalistic background, but had this, this spark of, of cinematic ability. And so it was forced upon us, but we were able to see that and say, okay, the change is being made for you. You can either fight it or you can go with it and look at it as an opportunity. Well, in the episode, and you mentioned it right now with David, but in the episode, we, we cover everything from the three of you as partners, you, you two and Bill, to you and Bill having to give Tim a kick in the pants to say, hey, partner up. To Bill saying, you know what, I'd like to, you know, uh, leave this partnership to go pursue Black and Blue Review. And then bringing David on as a partner eventually. To not keep this too vague, what I'd really like to say is, what have you learned about partnership? And what does it mean to you now as opposed to what it meant to you eight, nine years ago? I mean, I would say... You know, I think eight, nine years ago, I didn't know it was as much of a marriage as it was. I didn't know that going in. Um, I didn't, I knew that it was, you know, I don't know. I think, I think I knew that these guys would be around and this would, we were trying this thing and we were going to see if it was going to work. And so the commitment and the, you know, the idea that 
I'm going to see Jared more than I see my wife. Uh, wasn't necessarily in my head at that point. I think now, you know, when we sat down to think about having Dave become a partner in the company, um, one, it was a no-brainer because just like Jared said, we we really ended up building the company around Dave as far as the style of how we were going to approach um, doing video. But also, it was, okay, this is the real deal. Like, we now know what partnership means, and so we need to know what we're doing as we're going into this. And I think that was... That was also it. And Dave is such a great person um, that I was perfectly fine marrying him, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's very similar on my side. When you start, you're just three friends that are trying to get something going. And you're trying to take as much work as you can. And you don't really have a vision of what's going to happen in two or three months from now. There's not much of a strategy or or a business plan in place. On the partnership side, it, it was. You know, now it is to the point where we really embrace learning together and growing together. And the biggest thing that has changed is not only are we taking care of ourselves, but we're also leading and in ways managing a family of people. And and that's something I've never thought, uh, not that it wasn't possible, uh, but in this environment and what we've been able to do and the culture that we've wanted to create and and now sustain, it's that, that people part that it's outside of of Tim and I. Yes, we need to do our jobs in setting the table, but more importantly, a lot of our stuff needs to happen behind the scenes to keep the the machine oiled up and working the best it can. And and we've got to make sure we're okay. But then there's this this, this whole added layer of taking care of these other individuals within a company. I mean, we've we've got 15 people now and and 12 that are full-time and there's a, there's a burden that goes with that. So with that, I've found that it's very important for Tim and I to support each other, not only from a business sense, but in a personal sense and in an emotional sense. I mean, we, we have to be open and candid and honest with each other, which we've always been, even in those tough moments. But now what we do impacts a lot more than just the two of us. So we've had to not only marry ourselves together, but we've had to marry bringing in all those other pieces. So closing out partnership, where does friendship and partnership clash? Uh, in communication. I think that's where you really have to agree to be open and honest. Because um, while in a friendship you always want to be open and honest, you really have to be open and honest in a business setting. And, you know, if Jared and I, um, we can read each other pretty well. And if one of us is off or feeling it, we could pull each other aside and sort of be like, hey, what's going on? Let's snap out of this. What's happening? You know, is there anything I could do? What's, what, are you dealing, what are you dealing with? Um, and to be able to read each other that way, I think, is, is the key for us. I talked about communication in the episode. And I think that's been how we've succeeded in doing what we've done. Um, but our communications had to change and evolve. I mean, just like Jared was talking to the fact that we now have a team, you know, it isn't just three friends sitting in a room, you know, shooting the shit and saying, Hey, let's do this. Let's try that. Let's do this. Now, when we say something, there are consequences or action that is taken and we have to be careful on what we say. Um, not in a way of being, you know, secretive or anything like that, but just being speaking with purpose. And that, and that's, that's a different feeling I think for us. Yeah, we have to be more aware than ever 
about how each individual responds to the way that we communicate outward as a team, but there's also that, that trust and that friendship between both of us where I can say, all right, Tim, like he mentioned, what's going on? Or, all right, you got to get help on this right now. And it's not a, it's not a fact that he's going to question that. He's going to say, okay, like, uh, all right, got it. Because we observe and we notice, talked about the yin and the yang and, and the big picture and the executor and the way we work together. So in that way, we, we work a little bit differently, but yet we're, we're tied together and we're on the same page. But I think in that outward communication, that's also had to change because, you know, there are times you're going to be down and, and you're on Entrepreneur Island and there's no one else but the two of us that truly understand. And you understand, Cass, as a business owner. If you're not a business owner, you don't get it. I have the conversation with my wife, JC, a while back, and I said, you're not going to ever understand. You may understand maybe 60% of what we have to do and the decisions that we have to make and the thoughts that we can't turn off. And I said, that's okay. Uh, but it's only when you get in the environment with the two of us that we truly understand what we need to do. But now it's not only for us, but it is. How are we going to impact others by the decisions that we make? So that all goes into that dynamic. Excellent. I also think that what we do have is a good ability to educate each other or bounce ideas off of each other. So, you know, I might be in charge of something, whether it's how we're going to go tackle a business development deal or something like that. But before I press send, nine times out of 10, I'll say, hey, Jerry, can you take a quick look at this? Um, and those kind of things keep each other in each other's worlds. And we're not having to micromanage them, but we're able to be in touch and know what's going on in each other's place. And I think that's what we've, I think that's translated also to our leadership style and when we're involved with certain things, you know, certain things we oversee, others we participate in. Even though we're in the business, you still, we, we haven't been able to remove ourselves totally yet because of, of the team that we have and the growth phase that we are in. But when you, you look at those different things, uh, it's, it's just so important that we, that we stay on the same page. Excellent. Yeah. And with that, it's, it's important to, with that communication, with the friendship and the partnership, not let emotions get the better of you because it is a marriage. For sure. In, in every way, shape and form. Well, that'll do it for this episode. We could have gone on for another hour and a half and, and maybe we'll pick up with part two at some point of this discussion, but we hope you enjoyed it. I know that we did. Make sure to go watch the full video episode of Cass's interview with Tim and myself at influencingentrepreneurs.com. You can also check out more about Spiracle Media by visiting spiraclemedia.com. For Tim Barron and Cass Ward, I'm Jared Latch saying thanks for joining us.